Praise, praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to be used of you. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would just, God, just touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God, Lord, that you may speak through me, dear God. Just help me to get Get me out of the way, dear God, so that you can you can work and your word will go out and um, whatever you would have said that would be said, Lord, that you may be lifted up, dear God, not me. And Lord, just continue to be with each and every one I'm, I'm affected by this COVID. God, just touch them and be with them, Lord, whether they're the sick, dear God, or the ones caring for the sick. We're, or the first responders, dear God. Lord, just be with each and every one of them. And God, just touch and move in a great and a mighty way in our, our government. God, just be with our president and our president-elect. Lord, just, God, just move in a great way. And God, we thank you and we praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 1. We're going back to Deuteronomy and pick up where we left off. And uh, Moses is uh, getting ready to go into the promised land. Uh, well, the people are getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses is going over everything that has happened to them uh, since they left Egypt. And then... Um, Verse and in chapter nine, Moses reminds the children of Israel of exactly how rebellious that they once were, and he said, "Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up in, to heaven, and a people great and tall, the children of Anakims, whom thou knowest." and of whom thou hast heard say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Now, this don't sound too much like a pep talk coming from Moses, but he, he's, he is trying to get them to understand that by their self, they, there's nothing that they can do. They cannot go in and possess this land their self, by themselves. It, it's just not going to happen. They've got to have the Lord to go in actually before them and with them before they are able to overtake these people and overtake these cities. And they have got to um, be in tune with the Lord and have got to be following him and, and waiting upon him and, and uh, be willing to move when he says move and, and not, move, not move when he says stand still. And... But to understand, therefore, this day, verse 3, that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord had said unto thee. Speak not. Thou in thine heart, after the Lord thy God hath cast him out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee, not for thy righteousness, 
nor for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go in to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God, dost drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which the Lord swore unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. Uh, Moses told him, said, all right, I said, when we go in and the Lord gives you this land and he goes in before you and he fights for you and with you and you destroy the people in this land and you take over their land and their cities and their homes and their vineyards and, and olive yards and all these different things that they have already planted, you go in and you possess this land, do not get the big head. Just put it in my own words, and he tell them, "Don't get the big head, because it has it was really nothing to do with you. It was a promise that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it, I am wanting you to go in and possess this land and destroy these people in this land because they are a very wicked people, and and they have rejected me at every turn and there's nothing in the world that I, there's nothing that can be done so they they need to be run out of this land they need to be destroyed but do not think it's because that you are something special do not think it's because of your righteousness don't do not think it's by your power and your might do not think that you had anything other than the fact that you were served uh, serving the Lord and following Him, and that's the only reason that and their wickedness had to come to an end is the only reason that you are going into this this land to possess it. And there again, you know, a lot of times when the Lord is really blessing us and and things are going really great, and He's blessing us, and, and we have increase uh, and. Um, you know, good things start happening to to us, and people start asking us questions. You know about how uh, uh, about how that we got to where we were at. Uh, if we are not real careful, we'll pride will swell up in us because of the people bragging on us, and then we'll start patting ourselves on the back like we are really something. And and the next thing you know, uh, we're in trouble. And we, we can't figure out what in the world happened. The Lord was blessing us uh, so very great and everything, and then all of a sudden he just he just quit. What happened? Well, he didn't quit. Uh, you got to the point where you got the big head, and uh, you thought it was all because of you that all these things were happening. It's all because of you that... Uh, uh, you know, you had all these blessings and all the work, hard work you've done and all these different things, and you're not giving the Lord the, the glory for what he has given you and how he has used you to get the things that you have. You know, I'm like I said, I don't have a lot, but I thank God for everything that I've got. I've got everything that I need. I've got a job. I, I've got money. I've got home i've got vehicles i've got uh food i've got uh water i've got drinks i've got everything that i need and everything that i have is only because of god 
He gives me the strength to get up and to go to work in the morning. He gives me the strength to work eight hours a day, five and six days a week. And he gives me the strength to to do my job, and he gives me the knowledge that I need to do my job. And then when I come home and and I I do these podcasts, this is another, I consider this a a work for the Lord. It's a, a job that I do for the Lord that the Lord has picked me for. And I have I have to do some work. I cannot just uh, go and live my life and then sit down here for forty five minutes and and go over these scriptures and and I have to study them and I have to rely upon the Lord to give me the knowledge that I need so that I can speak to you and and uh, give you the words that the Lord gives me to say. I I, I can't just you know just not ever sit down and study or anything like that or pray or anything like that i can't do that i've got to i've got to sit down i've got to pray i've got to study i've got to do this every day in order for me to do the work that the lord has you know it's just like my work at at my job at on my public work if i just went in there and sat down and didn't do anything you know, I wouldn't last but maybe two or three days, and, and they'd, they'd get rid of me because I'm useless. And the same way with the Lord. You know, we we have a work to do. We have a job to do, and we, we have to be about our Father's business, and we have to be doing something. And, you know, every one of us is, uh, as children of God, our number one job is to study his word and to pray every day and to talk to the Lord every day and to praise the Lord every day. These, this, I don't care who you are, how long you've been saved, this is a job that you need to be doing every day, praising the Lord and studying his word and praying and talking to the Lord. And this is where we get our strength. This is where we get our understanding. This is where we get our knowledge is when we take the time to to spend time with the Lord and talk to him and, and spend time in his word. Uh, that's where we get our knowledge from. It's, it's not from uh, from what they've taught us in school, of course, because I, never, I never, even went, uh, never even finished high school. But the Lord has been with me, and he has used me in a great and mighty way. And everything that I have and everything that I do, it is because of God gives me the ability and the knowledge to do it, and he's given me what I have. And everything that I have comes from him. And this is what what he's telling. He said, don't, don't think by any means that it's something that you did or your own righteousness or or by your own strength that you went in and you took this land from these people because it is not uh, for the simple fact that you cannot do it. And Moses told them right there in the first. He told them they're mightier than you, they're greater than you, and the cities are fenced up to the heaven. There is no way that you, you can go in and take this land on your own. But if you follow the Lord and you do his will, and do just exactly what he tells you to do, you will make it in, and you will possess the the blessings and possess uh, the land that the Lord has given you, the blessings and everything he's given you. You will possess those things if you will 
turn it over all over to the Lord and follow him. Understand that. Uh, remember and forget not, verse 7, how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came unto this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Herod, you provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry with you to have destroyed you. If you remember, when they came out of Egypt and they got to the Mount Herod, and uh, the Lord was doing all the great and mighty work there uh, on the mount, and the, and he came down on the mount, and the thundering and, and the trumpet sounded, and the thundering and the lightning and the smoke uh, from where it looked like the mountain was on fire. And the Lord spoke to them out of the out of the mountain. Well, he spoke to Moses. He spoke to them first, and, and it, they got afraid, so he spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to the people, and then... Lord called him up to call Moses up to the mountain, and he was up there for forty days and forty nights. And Lord was giving him instructions on uh, all the different uh, judgments and statues and commandments and everything. And he was up there for forty days and forty nights. And the Lord told him, "said You need to get up and go back." Said your your people's done went off went off the reservation. They've made them a golden calf and everything. So he goes back down and he, he sees this golden calf that they had made and he, he throws the Ten Commandments, the two tables of the Ten Commandments down and breaks those. And he goes over and he, he gets this golden calf and he he breaks it up and then he grinds it into powder and then he puts it in the water and he makes everybody drink the water then. And the God was going to destroy the people at that time along with other times uh, up to the point because the Lord kept calling them a stiff-necked people and and just he was just going to destroy them and, and do away with them and he'd he bring him up another nation nation better than better than this one and every time Moses went down in in prayer and he fell on his face and a couple of times he he was in prayer for forty days and forty nights. Uh, talking to the Lord about not destroying these people. Yeah, they were they were some of them that did get killed, and they were some of them that did get destroyed because of the thing, the wicked things that they did. And then he then he caused them to wander around in the wilderness for forty years because that they uh, they did they didn't believe him, and they would not go over and possess the land of Canaan they was right there at it and all they had to do is just go over Jordan and uh, go in and possess the land and the Lord told them he said it's yours all you've got to do is go in trust in me have faith in me and and listen to me and do my will and you the land is yours but you know I'm just I'm not going to give it to you you're going to have to go in and you're going to have to take it from these people but I'm going to go in with you and before you and it's going to be a simple task to take over this land but you're going to have to have faith and you're going to have to believe that it's possible to, that it is possible and it can be done and you know the other times uh, that uh, they got in trouble you know they 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 didn't do anything to deserve this land 
As a matter of fact, they done everything in the world against God uh, instead of doing everything for God because God promised them this land. You know, if if somebody promised, promised me a brand new house and all I've got to do is I've got to move into it and it's mine, uh, uh, they'll, they'll fix the uh, deed up for me and everything. All I have to do is move in. I'm not going to sit in my living room here at this house and wait for somebody to come pack my stuff up and take it over and put it in that house so I can go in and possess it. You, if you give me a house, you better watch out. I might run over you get my stuff in there. Because, you know, and that's the way we are as children of God. That's the way the, the Israelites were. God gave them this land, but they had to do some work. They had to go in and possess this land. And they, they just couldn't understand, I don't think, that God had already given them this land. And he was going to go in before them and with them. And he was going to give them the ability that they needed to go in and possess this land and take this land from these people that were in there and utterly destroy them. And all they had to do is move. You know, God is waiting on a lot of us today to move. He's, 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 I mean, he's given us this book of blessings. He's given us this book of promises. And, you know, God does not want his children living like a lot of us are. He, we, we should be living uh, the good life. But we don't trust God enough and we don't have faith enough in God to where that we will actually, we will actually trust him and figure out that, hey, there's a better life for us. God wants us to have plenty. He wants, he wants to give us according to his riches and glory. So we, we need to be doing what we need to be doing so God will bless us and not waiting around on him just to hand everything to us. We've got to go to work and we've got to do some things. But they complained and they murmured and they made God angry many, many times. And there's a lot of times that Moses had to uh, to make intercession for them to keep the Lord from to keep God from completely destroying them and getting rid of them. And uh, and you know Moses told him he said, "Hey, listen, you destroy these people now, and and everybody around here is going to talk about how that you brought these people out of Egypt." just to get them to this point and kill every one of them. And, you know, it, it's, it, wouldn't look, it wouldn't look good on you. So the Lord, he, he did not destroy the people, but he was very angry. And he told them, he said, you're going to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. You're going to wander in the wilderness one day, for ev one year for every day that the spies were in the land of Canaan. And they was over there for 40 days. So that they had to be in the wilderness for 40 days. And he told them, he said, all of you original ones that came out of the land of Egypt, he said, your carcass is going to be buried in, in, a, in the wilderness. You're not going to make it over. And then Moses himself and Aaron got in trouble, and the Lord told them that they wasn't going to make it over. Aaron died, and his son... Uh, Elzar, I believe it was, took over the priesthood, and uh, they they buried Aaron, 
And then the Lord told Moses that he wasn't going to make it over. And, and Moses Moses asked him, he said, Lord, he said, just, just let me go, not lead the people. Just let me go over and take a look at the land, and then, then you can take my life. And he said, no. He said, you go up on Mount Pisgah, and you look all around you as far as you can see, and that, that's as close as you're going to get. But I will let you see the land, but you won't be able to go in and possess it. You know, that's, that's the way a lot of us are. We, we're to the point of where that we are complaining all the time and we're, uh, we're arguing with God all the time and we're not doing his will. And we get to see all the promises that God has got in store for us and all the blessings that he wants to bless us with. We just don't get to experience them ourselves because of our unbelief and because of our complaining and because of our grumbling we don't get we don't get those blessings and you know that is where that we need to just just say god here i am use me show me what you need me to be doing and use me and uh you know that that's what we need to be doing and why we don't uh i i, I know I like I said when God called me to preach, uh, I give Him every reason in the world what I thought were reasons, every reason in the world why that I shouldn't be doing that job. I'm not qualified for that job. I'm not qualified to do that. I can't do that. But the Lord said, <laughs> Lord said, Oh yes, you can, and oh yes, you are. One way or another, you're going to do it, and I I ended up doing it. And the Lord ended up blessing me. And he's used me a lot over the years. And he's still using me. And then he, he opened up this, this podcast. And he said, I want you to do this. And I asked him a many a time getting this thing up and running. Are you sure you want me to do this? Lord, it, 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 there ain't no way that I can do this. But the Lord, then, there again, the Lord said, Oh, yes, you can. And with God's help, I, we're doing it. We are doing it. And he's blessing me in every way that I turn because of just obeying. Yeah, I, I question a lot. And he, he just told me, he said, you can do it. Now, you know, you can do it. Just, just keep on doing it. Just keep on keeping on. And we're going to do it together. But, you know, the thing about it is I got real aggravated and I got real upset and I asked, I asked the Lord for forgiveness quite a few times because I, I failed something. It seemed like that I'd take one step forward and nine steps backwards and before I ever got this thing off the ground and going. And I'm still trying some other things. I've got some a lot of other things in mind that I want to do and, and the Lord knows I'm going to need help doing them. But the thing about it is, is I'm, I'm going to do it. Not for my glory. You know, I don't care whether you remember me five days from now or not. It's, it's not me. It's not about me. I'm just a servant. It's about Jesus. It's about God. It's about our Heavenly Father. It's about His Son, Jesus. It's about the cross. It's about salvation. It's about doing a work for the Lord. That's that's all that it's about. It's not about me. 
And, you know, that's what we really need to understand is uh, even though I'm a person and even though I am doing some things for the Lord, it, it still is not about me. It's about the Lord and about what he can do. And, you know, I all I can do is pray for you and all I can do is help and 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 ministering to you in some small way. But I know the man that I can lead you to, he, there's nothing impossible with him. Because, you know, there, uh, he when he walked upon this earth, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he cast out demons, he healed the lame. Um, he, I mean, all manner of uh, mighty and great works but his greatest things that he had ever done was he taught everyone that he came in contact with how to live and how to work for him. And this is where we need to be studying his word because he had his disciples and, and apostles and different people to write those words down and write everything down that happened to him while that he was on this earth so that we could read it, so that we could follow in his footsteps, and so that we could become Christians. Christians mean Christ-like. So, you know, if you call yourself a Christian, you need to take the time to figure out, am I, am I really Christ-like? Am I, am I just like him? Am I doing the same things that he was doing when he was upon this earth? You say, well, times has changed, and... And we don't do that anymore. No. Well, yeah, times has changed. People has changed. But God is still the same. And they expect us to be doing the same thing that Jesus did when he walked upon this earth. But we, as children of God, we have lost our faith. We have lost our trust in God. And we are looking more to man to fix our problems than we are looking to God. You know, there's they, all kinds of different doctors. There's psychiatrists. There's, oh, there's every, anything, any problem that goes on in your life, there's a person in this world waiting to take your money to, and tell you that they can fix your problem. And sometimes they can, but most of the time they can't. When I can take my problems to the Heavenly Father, and my Lord and Savior, and it don't cost me a dime, and they'll fix it. I guarantee you they'll fix it. If you have faith that they can do it and not doubt, they can do it. But we're going, we've are going. we got to get back to those old paths. The Bible says seek out the old paths and walk therein. Just don't find out where they're at and say, you know, that's good. Go back to those old paths and walk in those old paths. And, you know, I, I get to thinking sometimes about all the different, uh, back when I was growing up and all the different services we used to have. And, I, you know, and um, I, it was nothing to go in on Sunday morning, Sunday night or Wednesday night and, and be there five, six, seven, eight hours praising the Lord and singing and preaching and all this stuff. And now then we go in and sit down and we time the preacher, we time the, the Sunday school teachers. You've got 45 minutes to teach or you've got an hour to preach so we can get out of there by, 11, by 12 o'clock and get to downtown to the restaurant before the Baptists get there. 
when we should be waiting upon the Lord and following him and find out what he wants us to do. Now, on occasion, God told the children of Israel, or Moses told them, that, they had, that God had been angry enough to have destroyed the people of Israel. Once in Exodus 32, 9 and 10. And then later on another occasion, at, uh, at Numbers 11, 1 through 3, and at Manasseh, Exodus 17, 1 through 7, and at uh, Kebreth, have a, Numbers 11, 4 through 34, the people again provoked the Lord to wrath over and over and over again. And I, I, as I was reading some of this, I really wonder how many times that I really made the Lord mad for some reason or another. And, you know, I get to thinking back on my life, and, and it, was, it was probably quite a few times that I upset him and made him mad because of uh, my ignorance, my stupidity, and my uh, not having faith in him and my not doing what he wanted me to do and me telling him exactly how things should be done, you know, and, and I wonder how many times did I really make him mad. And, you know, I, when you get to the point to where that you think that you know more than God does, you're in trouble. And when you get to the point to where you tell, when God wants you to do something a certain way and you tell him, no, it, it'd be better to do it this way, you're in trouble. Because the Lord has a whole lot, his knowledge is so far above our knowledge that it's unreal. And he's got uh, sight. He can see into the future. He knows what the future holds. And he knows exactly how things are going to go in the future. So we need to, to let him lead us and let's not worry about everything that's going on uh, in this world and everything that's going on in our lives. We need to be about the Father's business and, and turn everything over, else over to him and let him take care of it because we're, we're going to make a mess out of it anyway. If we try to do it on our own, in ourself, we're going to make a mess out of it. So if we turn it over to God and let him take control of it, he's, he's going he's gonna to love us. Well, he ain't going to love us no more because, he, you know, he, he loves us unconditionally, totally. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we do. Yeah, he gets angry at us. You know, but even growing up, when I was growing up, my mom and dad loved me. They would do anything for me. Yes, I made them mad sometimes. Yes, I got a whipping sometimes. That does not mean that they did not love me. Actually, that, that really meant that they loved me because they would try to correct me uh, e either by telling me I was wrong and showing me the right way to go or they'd bring out the belt or the switch and they'd, they'd, tell, they'd teach me that way. And God will do the same thing. You know, he will try his best to steer you in the right direction. If he can't, he, he's going to get your attention one way or another. So you, you might as well be listening and obey and go on and don't worry about it. Verse 10, or chapter 10, I'm sorry. Moses had to make a new tablet. The Lord told him when he broke those, he said, you need to hew out two more tables just like you had. 
See, God made the first ones. He made He made the tablets, and uh, He made He wrote the words upon it Himself. But this time, the Lord told him, He said, uh, "I want you to hew you two tables of stone, like unto the first, and come up unto me." into the mount, and make thee an ark of wood, and I will write on the tables which words that were in the first tables which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. So Moses made this ark of shittim wood, and he hewed him out two tables of stones, and he went back up on the mountain, and he was up on the mountain again for 40 days and 40 nights, and the Lord was going over him with him uh, different things. Uh, he was going over reiterating the laws and the commandments and the statutes, and he was telling him how he wanted the, the tabernacle built. And, you know, that, you know, that's the one place that I, I really want to be daily is I want to be in the presence of God and the presence of the Lord where that he can teach me and talk to me. And uh, I can learn from him. You know, that, that's one of the greatest educations that we as children of God is ever going to get is what we learn from God. Because the one thing about it is what God tells you is true and what he is trying to learn you is going to be the right way to do things and the right way to say things. We just need to turn everything over to him and let him take care of things and not worry about what, uh, whether we think he's right or wrong or what people thinks about what we're saying or anything else. You know, as long as we're following God and doing his will, it doesn't matter what man thinks about it because, uh, you know, it's, it's not up to man. My salvation, that's one good thing I am really, really thankful for that my salvation uh, is not up to man man has nothing to do whatsoever with my salvation you know they don't uh, man can't tell me that uh, I'm going to heaven or I'm going to hell uh, the, that judgment is going to be up to the to God and his son our heavenly father and his son and they're the ones that's going to make the final decision they're either going when I stand in front of them they're either going to look at me and tell me to enter into the joys of the Lord, or they're going to tell me to depart from me. I never knew you. And that's the final word. There's no, there's no going to a higher court. There's no appeals. Uh, 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 nothing like we have down here in this world. When we get in trouble and we do something we shouldn't, uh, we're not going to be able to plead insanity and get out of it. And uh, whatever they say, that, that's it. That's the way it's going to stand. And that's where you're going to spend eternity. If they look at you and say, depart from me, I never knew you, the lake of fire is going to be your home forever. If they say, enter you into the joys of the Lord, heaven's going to be your home forever. And, you, and, you know, I, I, would, I would prefer that everybody give their heart and life to God and live for the Lord and go to heaven. I, I really, I, that's what I really pray for. And, you know, I have a real hard time of uh, believing that, that that is true, you know, because every time I ask God for that, there's just thought in the back of my mind, there is no possible way that that's going to happen. But there is. 
if we as children of God would get off the seat of do nothing, put on the whole armor of God, and go out and battle Satan, and do our part, tell people about the Lord, and lead them to the Lord, then yeah, it's possible. But, you know, it's our job, Christians, to show people the way to the Lord. It's not our job to save them. It's not our job to tell them what they have to do before the Lord will save them. It's our job to tell them to ask God to forgive them of their sins and to accept them, accept him as their Savior and live for him. It's not, our, it's not our job to tell them that they need to cut their hair or they need to get rid of their tattoos or, or their piercings or uh, uh, the way they dress. We, they need to dress a certain way. That's not our point. You know, when, when Jesus walked down the shores of Galilee and he, and he found the fishermen there and he called them and he said, Come and I will make you fishers of men. All right, in the first place, them being fishermen, I'll guarantee you that they have never caught a fish where they were fishing at. They never caught a fish that all but was already cleaned and ready to cook. It, it never happened. They had to catch the fish, they had to clean them, and they had to cook them. Therefore, we need to do the fishing. We need to show the people to the Lord, and we need to let the Lord work in their life and tell them how that they need to dress and tell them how that they need to cut their hair and all this other stuff because that's not our business. You know, I've heard so many stories of people being drove away from church because the deacons and the men of the church met them at the back door and told them that they, if they were going to come back to, to church, that they needed to dress better than what they were dressed. I, I tell you what, I really feel for those people on the day of judgment. And I know for a fact, if you're decent, our pastor will welcome you into the and then and the whole congregation will welcome you in, welcome you in just like you uh, come in in a $1,000 suit. We don't care what's on the outside. That's not, our, that's not our concern. It's what's on the inside. And see, that's the same way that Jesus was. When he walked upon this earth, he didn't look at the outside of people. He, he was seeking out those people that were less fortunate. He was seeking out those people that were, were uh, different and rebellious. He, those are the ones that he wanted to talk to. As a matter of fact, he got made fun of several times because he went in and sat down and ate with the publicans and the sinners. But that's who my, that's who my Lord and Savior is. He didn't care what was on the outside. The one, the one man he, that he went to the cemetery and uh, he, he found him there and he was naked and, and running through the, the tombs and the, and the graveyard and everything and he was possessed. He went, he went there to that graveyard to find that man and he knew, to, knew exactly what he looked like. He knew just exactly that he probably wouldn't have no clothes on. He knew that, but he went there to find him. Why? 
because he loves him. He loved him, and he knew that he could have a better life, and he knew that there was a better way for him, and he went there to find him. Like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. He, he made it a point to be at that well by himself at the time that she came down to draw water. Now, let me tell you something. The Jews and the Samaritans were bitter enemies. If a Jew brushed up against the Samaritan in the marketplace, he would run home, he would wash his clothes, and he would wash himself, and he would, he would be unclean until the evening. That's how much that they hated each other. But Jesus went to that well to find that Samaritan woman and to offer her a better way, to offer her a water, a water, a living water that was springing up inside of her. He went there to give her that water that she may have everlasting life. We, we as mankind... We put so much stock in what a person looks like. We put so much stock in how they dress. Uh, if, they, if they've got piercings or tattoos or uh, I, everything in the world. Hey, listen, I used to be the same way. And I got scolded a, quite a few times by the Lord before I ever learned my lesson. Now, let me tell you something. If, if I got scolded a lot by my mom and dad, but let me tell you something. When you get scolded by God, that puts a fear in you real quick, let me tell you. You learn real quick. But I had, I had to be told several times, it's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside. And he also told me that that person and the way they look, they can reach people and, and really reach the people and show them the way to the Lord better than I can and the way I look. And I'm, you know, I'm not that fancy or anything like that. Blue jeans, nice shirt, and I'm ready to go. But do not make fun. I, I, I was talking to a man one time that was in prison. And while he was in prison, uh, he got saved. And he got to ministering in prison and then when he got out he got he got to tell the lord he's uh, about how that he uh, could not wait to get out of prison and to get to a good barber and to get his hair his hair cut his hair was quite long and get his hair fixed nice the lord told him said no you're not and he said but lord it's not he said no you're not he said you leave your hair just the way it is and he couldn't understand that because he had been taught that, you know, a person with long hair is, is um, an abomination unto the Lord. It, would, it, would, it wasn't something that a Christian did. So he did not cut his hair. And he could not understand why that God would not let him cut his hair. But it wasn't, he hadn't been out but just a little while when he got the chance to start witnessing the people then he got to looking around and other 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 Christians and other ministers and other people, uh, these people would not talk to. But they would come up to him and start talking to him because he looked like they did. And they knew that he would not 
run them down and belittle them and make fun of them because he looked just exactly like they did. So they came up to him and started talking to him. So don't put people down. Don't put people down for the way they look. I know we we sort of got off the subject there at the last, but that's all right. It's all good. It's God's time, and it's God's words. But, you know, <laughs> lean upon the Lord, trust in the Lord, follow the Lord, and listen to the Lord, and, and do the things that he he tells you to do, no matter what they are, no matter how far off the wall you think they sound, no matter how crazy you think they sound, listen to him and do those things, and God will bless you for it. You know, Moses, Moses, God blessed Moses in a great and a mighty way, and Aaron, but, you know, they still ended up, didn't, they didn't get all the blessing that they should have gotten, just like the original ones that came out of Egypt. They didn't get the, the blessing that the Lord wanted to give them, but he still blessed them. And even though they did complain and argue and and they they done what they weren't supposed to do sometimes, God still blessed them and used them. And, but, you know, we need to get to the point to where we just turn everything over to the Lord and let him take care of everything. And let's not worry about it because in the end, it's not our, it's not our place to worry about things of this world we we you know <laughs> jesus he never was one that was concerned for the government or anything like that he obeyed the government he done everything that they told him that he needed to do he prayed for them he witnessed to them but you know it, it wasn't one of those things that he he put a lot of stock in because he was out for those that he that needed to be ministered to and you know there, there's like I said, there's a lot of people up on this earth are living a life that they think they are going to heaven when they're not, and it's almost impossible to reach these people and, and to to get these people to turn their heart and life completely over to the Lord. Listen, I thank you all for listening today, and I hope you got something out of this, and until the next time, I hope God blesses you in a great and a mighty way. Thank you.